May I ask, have you been in contact with your mother recently? Why? Well, I haven't talked to my mother in quite a while. Oh, I'm sorry. I did not mean to pry. And that's from Chocolat, a fabulous, fabulous movie. And when you've had emotional cutoffs in your family, whether it's with a child, you just don't talk anymore, or whether it's with maybe an in-law. I never speak to my mother-in-law anymore. We had one argument. It's over. I don't want to hear from her ever again. Sometimes it's a done deal. You really have done the thinking. You've put out your effort to try to connect, and it doesn't work. And you just have said, I recognize the fact in reality that I cannot reach this person and or I no longer want to speak to this person. But much more often, it's mixed. You miss the person. You miss the good aspects of your daughter or a, a friend or your mother-in-law. And yet, you can't stand the pain that you felt when you were around them. You felt attacked. You felt hurt or you attack them and now you feel embarrassed or you try to justify it, we get into those tangles. When you get into those tangles and you have this cutoff with somebody that where it's not quite settled, you don't want to leave it in that form. You want to figure out what would be the next step to not carry around the emotional weight because it costs us a lot in terms of emotional turmoil inside that we carry around when we don't resolve issues in important relationships. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, and my show is The Rational Basis of Happiness. Uh, you can pick up and call me right now. Pick up your phone. If you're all alone, pick up the phone and call. My number is toll-free, 1-877-DR-KENNER, and my website is drkenner.com, D-R-K-E-N-N-E-R.com. You can see books I recommend, articles to read. And right now, I want to welcome Brenda to the show. Brenda, you're having problems. Um, actually, you're not having problems. You're planning to start a new job? Yes. Uh-huh. And you're wondering what? what? What's your question? Okay. I've had problems in the past making friends with a new job situation. Okay. And so I was wondering what your advice would be on starting a new job, how to make friends, but not to come on too strong. Okay. When you say come on too strong, let's tailor it to you. What What are you aware of? How would you uh, come on too strong if I were your coworker? Hmm. Actually, I, I feel like maybe I'm a little bit too friendly, uh, helpful to be in the in the uh, job situation in the beginning, and I feel like maybe I try too hard, okay, and so I come across as desperate. Does that? Oh, mean? that would that would be the case. I mean that that makes sense. That too friendly sometimes is too eager. You're too eager to make friends and to have it a done deal. You want Perfect. that handshake, that smile, that joyousness in the morning, and if you try to force a friendship. If you come in, let's say that you came in and I'm your new coworker, and you bring me a cake that you made. I'm over. I'm obviously right. <laughs> overly exaggerating. And then you notice that I have a lot of work on my desk, and you offer to do half of it for me. You'll stay late to do it. Mm-hmm. What is what image of yourself do you have in order to be staying late to finish my work and baking me a cake? What is our relationship? Is it a relationship of equals? Um, you mean in a situation like that, if I were right. to do something... If you were... Uh, right. To do too uh, much, too friendly. 
you're, exactly. You're or, treating, but you're treating yourself as what, Brenda? An equal, well, or are you my servant? Oh well, I'm coming across as a servant. I, you know. Um, so you belittle yourself. Go ahead. Um, no, I just feel like there would be cake baking and there would be cookie bringing and um, just. But I tend to be a little reclusive on my job because um, I feel like when I start a job that I need to pay attention and to take in as much as I can, and sometimes I become reclusive in that matter. So, And then to make up for it, I would go ahead and bake cookies and, you know, take on more work than what I really should be taking on. So I've seen that happen in the past with me, so I'm wondering... Just to do it differently, uh, what would you suggest? Well, you've already suggested it for yourself. Once you raise your own awareness of what your pattern is, Mm -hmm. it's easier to say, well, what what would be an alternative? When I, and you can draw on your own personal experience, Brenda. When, Mm -hmm. think of a job, how old are you right now? Ballpark? Too old. <laughs> too old. Okay. I'm 53. Okay, you're in your 50s. Well, I'm there too. I'm actually older than you. Um, okay. So in the 50s, and if you're in your in your 50s, then you've had a wealth of experience on jobs, right? Mm-hmm. So you yeah. just say, when did it go well? When someone new came into work in my office, what can I pick out one or two examples of times when everything seemed to just flow? Now, your mind might spit up some of the negative aspects of other relationships, Mm -hmm. but set those aside and say, no, if there were one, if there, if I had one or two coworkers where they were starting a new job and things went well with them, or I was starting a new job and things went well, what are the elements that make it go well? Oh, that's where I'm stuck. Uh, Just thinking about it, it's just, um, I think maybe uh, because I, I've worked in the sales area and marketing, it seems like people tend to take their home, their work home with them. Okay. And how and does that affect... Yeah, go ahead. What I've seen a lot lately, because people feel like it's more competitive, Yeah. that... Uh, there's more people out there looking for work, so they have to work extra hard. And people are taking cuts in pay, sometimes several. Right. To hold their so job. you're saying you've got a new job, and it's in marketing, and you're coming in, and you're going to be working with coworkers who may see you as both a potential friend and a potential threat, because if they need to cut the workforce and you're a better worker, then they may be they may be the one that's let go. They may be the dead wood. Right, and so when I begin a new job like this, I feel like, you know, I need to make friends, but yet it's very competitive, and, you know, everybody seems to be looking over their shoulders right now, wondering if they're going to lose their job. Okay, then what I would what I would recommend is ask yourself, what is my priority, to really do well in my job or to make friends? Well, to really do well in my job, but also from personal experience, yeah, I know that you know if somebody's not liked uh, in 
an environment like a work situation, you know, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. So, But what no. I'm saying is sometimes you want to make sure that you're – if I'm starting a new job, I definitely want to try to seem the S-E-A-M, like a seamstress. I mm-hmm. want to seam relationships nicely. I want to enjoy the people. I want to first, as if I'm going to the theater, figure out who the cast of characters are. And I don't mean that in a derogatory sense, more in, as a metaphor. Who are the people that I feel at home with who are the people who seem to be rabble rousers? Who are the people who just can't be reached? So you want to get a feel for people, and you can do that just by talking with them and listening more. You want to to give yourself permission to listen more. Okay. And draw them out. They'll talk about their families, and if they don't want to, don't push it. And if they don't want to talk about their families, then don't pour it on about your family because you want to match where they're going with you. You want it to be a a nice dance and not where you're too friendly and Uh sounding desperate, not doing too much. And if they bake cookies, then you can bake cookies the next day. That's fine. But don't catch yourself getting into that old pattern and give yourself an alternative of respecting boundaries, including your own. And... um, And what you want to do is just see who the people are that you want to connect with and then just go out for coffee with them or do something that's small so you get get a feel for each other and turn to them for advice because people like giving advice. If they don't, then drop them. (laughs) I mean, don't drop them (laughs) as a friend, but don't push it. You don't force a mind. That's the key. So listen, thank you so much for your call and I wish you the best on your new job. Thank you so much for your time. Okay, Brenda. And if you have wondered what it's like for people who return from war, there's a saying that the war starts when the soldier returns home, meaning it is very hard for them. When they return home, what can family and friends do to help the transition back to a normal life? When we return, I will be talking with Jay White, about who's a specialist in this area, about the serious problems social, soldiers experience when they return from Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance by Dr. Ellen Kenner. Is romance possible with an abuser who abuses only sometimes? No. Abusers may initially act nice in order to con their partners into a relationship. Then they gradually escalate their abuse and insidiously undermine the confidence and trust of their partners until none is left. Abusers do not value their partner's happiness because they don't value themselves. Their goal is destruction. Frequently, a partner will put up with abuse or otherwise bad behavior because the abusive partner sometimes acts in a respectful, considerate manner. The victim rationalizes that the abusive behavior is not the real him or her. This is an unfortunate mistake. Abusive behavior is just as much a part of that person's character as the considerate behavior and a very dangerous part because unless corrected, it always undermines the rest. You can download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and you can buy the book at amazon.com.